0: founded on christ podcast this is curtis just another disciple and follower of the lord and Savior jesus christ uh doing what it is that i have felt impressed to do by his word and as always i keep that option open uh for anyone who else feels that call feels stirrings to record their voice and send it in and i would be more than happy to place those voices as i've done in the past on this podcast uh, for all to hear and be edified by so for this week and for next week i am diving into a little bit of a series part one and part two where i want to talk about two aspects of the Lord and Savior that I think we should be exemplifying and that we need to keep in balance. So I'm going to be talking about the aspect of the lion and the aspect of the lamb and how both of those things are needed today and how both of those things are aspects of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and scriptural. To kind of set the stage here, I went through and I found some scriptures, well, a lot of scriptures, but I found where where the concept of the lion is being used, and it probably won't surprise anyone listening that most of these actually refer to future events that are going to happen. Uh, Some of them refer back to specific servants in power and glory, but we'll get there. So kind of set the stage here. I'm going to read through Isaiah, Revelation, Third Nephi, and we'll kind of, I think I'll we'll just kind of read them, and then we can kind of talk a little bit at the end. But Isaiah 31, verse 4, For thus hath the Lord spoken unto me, like as the lion, and the young lion roaring on his prey, when a multitude of shepherds is called forth against him, he will not be afraid of their voice, nor base himself for the noise of them. So shall the Lord of hosts come down to fight for Mount Zion and for the hill thereof. I love that when a multitude of shepherds is calling forth against him, he will not be afraid. If anything sounds. Like today, a multitude of shepherds are calling for each and every one of us. But we will not. We should not be afraid. We should be like a lion. But specifically, this is looking forward to the day that Israel is freed from the tyranny of spiritual and physical oppression. Isaiah five twenty nine: Their roaring shall be like a lion, and they shall roar like young lions. Say they, they shall roar and lay hold of the prey, and shall carry it away safe, and none shall deliver it. Revelation 5, 5, And one of the elders said unto me, Weep not, behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed, to open the book, and to loose the seven seals thereof. Third Nephi 21:12 and my people who are a remnant of Jacob shall be among the Gentiles, yea in the midst of them as a lion among the beasts of the forest as a lion young lion among the flock of the sheep who if he go through both treadeth down and teareth in pieces and none can deliver and this is kind of the twin of that third Nephi 2016 then shall ye who are a remnant of the house of Jacob go forth among them and shall be in the midst of them who shall be many and shall be among them as a lion among the beasts of the forest, as a young lion among the flocks of the sheep, who, if he goeth through, both treadeth down and teareth in pieces, and none can deliver. I think those scriptures, as followers of Christ who recognize the hard times that we have yet before us, we take solace in this, because these are the scriptures talking about how after the tribulations and trials, that the Lord will empower his people through righteous servants, to be as a lion where they have the power, they have the strength. Anyone who tries to get in their way will be as a lamb, be as a the flocks of the sheep to a lion where they have no power over them, that the lion will have all power to decide and go forth. And that ultimately will, will provide the people the chance to be free from physical and spiritual persecution to establish Zion. So Alma 1429. Now this is with Alan Amulek, when they are held captive for preaching the word of God, but eventually are given strength to overcome their enemies. And that might sound similar to what I was just talking about. And I think that's because this is a good case in point of how the line will be for us in the future. This is an echo of of things to happen, but they are released and they go forth, right, with the power of God. It says... Alma fourteen twenty nine. Now the people having heard a great noise came running together by multitudes to know the cause of it. And when they saw Alma and Amulek coming forth out of the prison and the walls thereof had fallen to the earth, they were struck with great fear and fled from the presence of Alma and Amulek, even as a goat fleeth with her young from two lions. And thus they did flee from the presence of Alma and Amulek. And to go along with this, uh, I found this scripture today as I was, you know, preparing for this, and I thought this was really great. For those of us who understand that Joseph has more work to do. He left some prophecies unfulfilled, especially about himself. And uh, whatever form that may take, however you believe that's going to be, uh, whether you believe he'll be the Davidic servant or not, I think it's very, fairly clear that Joseph will be coming back in some form to accomplish his work. So doctrine and covenants one twenty two verse four this is the Lord's talking specifically about Joseph, and although their influence shall cast thee into trouble and into bars and walls, and thou shalt be thou shalt be had in honor. And but for a small moment, and thy voice shall be more terrible in the midst of thine enemies than a fierce lion, because of thy righteousness, and thy God shall stand by thee forever and ever. It's a great scripture there of of Joseph being marred, thrown into bars and walls, but ultimately having power to, because of his righteousness, over his enemies. Which goes in harmony with uh, his patriarchal blessing that was given to him by his father. So so what, right? That's listening there. Those are great scriptures. We're looking forward to the future. How does that apply to us specifically? I think there there's some things that we can look to apply here, um, especially in how we go about preaching the word. Uh, And to give a a reason of why preaching the Word is important, Alma, and especially with as a lion, as I'm going to say here, but Alma 31, verse 5, and now as the preaching of the Word had a great tendency to lead the people to do that which was just, yea, it had more powerful effect upon the minds of the people than the sword or anything else which had happened unto them. Therefore, Alma thought it was expedient that they should try the virtue of the Word of God. So this is... In a similar time as ours, which, you know, you can often say about the Book of Mormon a lot, but Alma is re- realizing he's a, he's both the chief judge and the spiritual leader at the time, and he's realizing that there is a disconnect with the people of not following after the ways of the Lord. So he gives up the judgment seat, and he goes to preach, because he recognizes that the preaching of the word is what the people need. Um, and if you follow through with what alma teaches here there are times yes where he teaches quietly and meekly but there's also many times especially when he goes to cities where let's say that they are less receptive (laughs) to the servants of the lord where he has to speak boldly with plainness and so to go in harmony with this there's a few scriptures that i think really highlight this aspect of Christian behavior, especially as we seek to follow Christ and to be a servant for Christ and to seek after the least of those, right, who we are supposed to be serving. Um, Acts 28, 31, preaching the kingdom of God and teaching those things which concern the Lord Jesus Christ with all confidence, no man forbidding him. This is Paul teaching with strength, teaching with confidence about the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Alma four twenty nine and through 31. Now the Lord, behold, be, behold their teachings and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word by stretching forth thine hand to heal that the signs and wonders may be done by the name of thy holy child Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and they spake the word of God with boldness. So here we have Peter and John praying to the Lord to have strength and boldness and when they do that they are given the Spirit of the Lord to speak in boldness about Christ <clears throat> Joshua chapter 1 verse 9 and this is you know this is Joshua coming into his own basically after Moses has has given the keys of leading Israel to him. Have I not commanded thee? Be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. There is a certain amount of strength from that scripture in its simpleness that really speaks to the heart of me where we should know that we have the right as righteous followers of Christ who, yes, are imperfect, but apply the atonement apply the grace and love of our Lord and Savior that we have the right to be bold in preaching about Him to people. And when we are preaching Him, it, it takes, to some degree, we can take the pressure off of us because it's not about us. It is about Jesus Christ. And being we can be strong and bold in Jesus Christ because He was the one without sin. He was the one who performed the the acts of the atonement that we can rally behind we can we can rally behind that banner with strength and boldness moroni eight twenty one. 21 woe unto such for they are in danger of hell and an endless torment i speak it boldly god hath commanded me listen unto them and give heed or they stand against you at the judgment of christ i love you know, you get to the end with Mormon Moroni. They do not mince words. They have seen horrible things, and they are not afraid to speak it plainly and boldly to the people. Third Nephi seven sixteen. This is Nephi. This is a, this is almost like the the mirror, the opposite end. This is uh before Christ comes and recognizing. You know, there's there's wickedness. You know, he's trying to preach the people to get them ready for Christ coming. But Third Nephi seven sixteen. Therefore, be therefore being grieved for the hardness of their hearts and the blindness of their minds, went forth among them that same year and began to testify boldly repentance and remission of sins through faith on the Lord Jesus Christ. If, if you get nothing <laughs> from, from today, this scripture alone is a power verse that combines all the aspects of the things I'm talking about today. Therefore, being grieved for the hardness of their hearts and the blindness of their minds. Unfortunately, when people become hard-hearted, stiff-necked, the only thing that can breach them, the only thing that they, will give them a chance is speaking boldly the words of Christ. I don't want to downplay the aspects of being soft and entreating, and persuading, but that's going to be next week. <laughs> this week, I'm focusing on teaching boldly repentance, remission of sins through the faith on the Lord Jesus Christ. If you can get nothing across other than those things with boldness, then I would say that you're doing pretty well in the cause of Christ. And not that this will all turn out well for us all the time. Now, I've read scriptures about how ultimately, yes, we will be saved, but there are hard times ahead of us. Third Nephi 6, 20 and 23, and this will kind of exemplify this. And this is what we should be prepared for. When we feel the cause of Christ within us, recognize that who we are following, who we are listening to and submit to his will, whatever it may be, and it may be difficult here, but thirty 620. And there began to be men inspired from heaven, sent forth, standing among the people in all the land, preaching and testifying boldly of the sins and iniquities of the people and testifying unto them concerning the redemption, which the Lord would make for his people. Or in other words, the resurrection of Christ, and they did testify boldly of his death and sufferings. I wonder what it looks like today for us to be sent from heaven, sent forth, standing among the people in all the land, preaching and testifying boldly of the sins and iniquities of the people. How will that look for us? Do uh, Do we expect a popularity contest? To come from this? Do we, uh, do we expect that this will be easy? I, do we expect that this will turn out to our favor? Our, our, our favor. <laughs> do we expect that this will turn out for our favor as for in public discourse? Most likely no. And if you skip down to 23, like I said, Now there were many of those who testified of the things pertaining to Christ who testified boldly and were taken and put to death secretly by the judges that the knowledge of their death came not unto the governor of the land until after their death. If you preach boldly about the iniquities of the people on Facebook, I imagine you will experience some of this as well. (laughs) Character assassination. You know, from people uh, shadow banning, whatever it is. But it is the being bold that worked out for these people, even though, yes, they were ultimately killed, but they gave their lives for Christ. And there is nothing better than to lay down your life for your Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I mean, that is essentially what we're doing when we are baptized, right? We are covenanting with Heavenly Father. We'll do all the things that He is asking us to do. Put a capstone on this. Proverbs 28, verse 1. And this will kind of bring it all together. The wicked flee when no man pursueth, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. Um, I want to give my testimony of this concept. I do see this in Christ, in certain aspects of his ministry, where he was bold and straightforward with people, not only in teaching, but also in, you know, we, we can look to the the casting of the people from the temple, though, (laughs) just as a side note, when you read 3 Nephi 26, verse 3, it talks about how when Christ comes in his glory that all the elements will burn and that he'll wrap the earth up as a scroll. I would say for someone who can do that, it actually shows quite a bit of meekness to go to the temple and just upturn tables and use a whip um, considering what he could have done. But that, you know, I'll hit that harder next week. But unfortunately, there is a large swing in culture and it's good that we want to be loving and accepting of all people's ways of life. And that is that is true. However, that does not mean that we have to slacken in our cause of calling repentance and calling people to point to christ for their salvation and we don't and i feel like oftentimes this this is where this is the hinge point of this concept being a lion is not good enough you have to be a lion for the lord you have to be a lion for christ if you're not pointing back to christ and it falls flat then you become overbearing you're no longer bold, you've moved past into righteous unrighteous dominion. If you are not pointing to Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, call people to pray to him, to look to his guidance, be bold in calling out that they're they're sinning. And and essentially a sinning is going against the Spirit and telling them to, to listen to the Savior, to pray unto him and receive commandments from Him on how to work, how to improve. I think there is a righteous way to emulate the masculine attributes of Jesus Christ in society today. There's a lot of de-emasculation that is happening that is causing men and boys to feel like they cannot be men, that we must always be quiet and subservient and to always be soft-spoken. Though those are good things, and as I'll talk about next week, the lamb is an important aspect. It is the flip side of this coin. We should not be afraid, both as men and women, to emulate the more courageous and bold aspects of Christ that he exemplified in his ministry. And this oftentimes is most beautifully expressed when I see people standing up for people who need it, serving those who need it. I, uh, there's a, a line from a book I'm trying to remember it exactly. So I'm probably going to paraphrase here because I can't remember exactly. But uh, for somebody, they came to realize that strength was more about how they could be of service than it was about asserting their own will. And I think that kind of puts in light what being a lion for Christ is. It is about finding that power and that strength, but putting it to use for the good of people, putting it to use for the cause of Christ. And when we do that, we can stand forward with, with conviction. We can stand forward with confidence. You know, our you know, let virtue garnish thy thoughts unceasingly, and then thy confidence shall wax strong in the presence of God, right? To have your confidence in in the presence of God means that you can go to anyone and anywhere and proclaim the word of God. This is Abenadi. This is Alma after Abenadi. This is Samuel Lamanite. This is Nephi, all the Nephis. This is Helaman. This is Captain Moroni with the title, title of Liberty. The lions are those who are unafraid to stand up for the cause of truth and point to the real source of grace the real source of understanding and it is not men men can be helpful upon that in in that process but anyone who's doing this correctly is pointing it to the one who did no sin pointing to the person who can handle the weight and glory of this charge who can handle being pointed to directly and boldly every time, and that is Jesus Christ. He his shoulders are broad, his spiritual muscles are, have been have been shaped and formed. He is able to carry the weight of this. And we can boldly go out as lions, as as strong Christian believers and, to, and preach these truths. And with that, seek his face continually in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.